An entitled mother tried to force me to babysit her kid as she dropped them off at the pool, despite that not being my job. So there was a small incident at my pool a few years back in the summer of 2014. This was one of the first years I'd be working as a lifeguard. It's nothing as grandiose as some of the other encounters people on here have had, but I figured I could share it anyways. For background, it's a small HOA pool that struggles to staff people to the point where there's only one lifeguard on duty at a time, if we're even lucky to have that. The pay isn't terrible, and you only have to work a four-hour shift, but you also get to deal with some entitled folks now and then. So you win some and you lose some, I guess. There's a section in the rules that specifically states that unless a child is 16 years of age or over, they must have a parent or guardian at the pool with them at all times. I have never had to enforce this until this day. An entitled Karen came in with a five-year-old, set the kid down, and went to leave. Now, as we require people to bring passes so we know they are part of the neighborhood, as well as to make sure that they're not on the ban list or to make sure that they're not behind on their payments or any other disputes. I called out to her and politely asked her if she could bring her passes to me. She stops, has a slightly annoyed look on her face before walking back around the pool to give me the child's pass and then goes to try and leave again. I then ask if she has a pass or an ID of her own and she continues walking off to the exit, presumably not having heard me. I ask the child to stay and then I go after her, letting her know that she has to present a pool pass or a photo ID if she wants to stay. It is at this point that she tells me, very rudely might I add, that she isn't staying, she has some things she needs to do, and that she'll be back in an hour, and she wanted us to watch her kid while she was gone. I reply as calmly as I can that I cannot allow her child to be on pool property without supervision. The entitled mom says, you're here, aren't you? Just do your job and watch her then. I reply to this by saying, ma'am, I work as a bag boy at a grocery store and a lifeguard on the weekends. I am not a babysitter. If you'd like my services as a babysitter, my fee is $25 an hour, but otherwise I will need you to stay and give me your pool pass or your driver's license or any other form of identification or you can pay the $2 guest pass or you can take your child and leave. Apparently my attitude did not please her because she took offense and demanded to speak with the person in charge. After she asked for that, I told her that I am the one in charge and apparently she didn't like that. So I ended up getting the head of the pool committee and told her that I would be happy to give them a call and have them speak with you. She said that yeah, I can go ahead and do that along with some very choice words and adjectives that should not have been said around her child as she told me that she was going to report my attitude and say all these other terrible things to my boss. I went over to the phone and called my boss and let them know the situation before handing the phone to the Karen. I couldn't hear what was said, but it was clear he asked what had been said because she repeated my comment verbatim. All I heard after she finished was my boss absolutely laughing. Needless to say, the poor child did not get to go to the pool that day and that's one thing I regret about all of this. She ended up leaving and that was that. That lady is a terrible parent for just dropping their kid off at the pool with a stranger mind you and then saying hey this is your problem now like why couldn't the mom just take the kid with them and say hey let's do our errands and then I'll watch you at the pool like a good parent this lady could have gotten in so much trouble she just dropped her kid off and said yeah I'm good you can watch it bye see you later like that really baffles me you're just gonna leave your five-year-old with some stranger at a pool you don't know them anything could happen to them why would you do that thankfully this kid was not abandoned by their parent and left at the pool to do whatever they want as a five-year-old and hopefully that Karen learned a lesson that you can't just drop your kids off and expect anybody to watch them. Because if anybody's watching your kid, then anything could happen to them. And that would be tragic if something terrible happened. Just imagine if their kid got lost or somehow left the pool. We would then have a situation where there is a lost kid wandering around and nobody 
can account for where this kid's at. And you can bet that parent would be in so much trouble. They would have absolutely no excuse. There would be such easy evidence to suggest that they abandoned their kid and they left them alone with some stranger who, by the way, is not obligated to watch that kid in the slightest. It doesn't matter that they're a lifeguard. That does not make them obligated to watch your kid as some kind of babysitting service. That's very unfair and very disrespectful to the entire pool service in general. Not to mention the fact that there was only one lifeguard on duty. How on earth is that lifeguard supposed to babysit that one kid as well as make sure everybody else is still alive at the pool? Overall, thankfully, this Karen did not get their way. They had to go home with their kid and hopefully they never come back and try that again. My boyfriend doesn't want to get married and this might spell the end of our relationship. My boyfriend and I have been together for four years and we live together. It all started when we recently started discussing marriage. He does not believe in marriage. He thinks it's an outdated tradition and in our country, honestly, you have pretty much the same rights being just common law, which we are. I, on the other hand, always saw myself getting married. I told him I wasn't sure I could be happy never being married. This led to us talking about other problems in our relationship. He said that he would do it, but he felt like it would just be another compromise for him to make. I recently bought a condo and he said he felt like I didn't really consider my options when buying it, especially whether he wanted to live there. I said that I didn't feel like he was supporting me when I was going through the process. I think he would have wanted me to wait for us to eventually buy something together. And I said we still can, but I partly did feel like this was a step to take only after marriage. He also said that he feels like when we travel, we only do the activities that I wanted to do. And I always chose what to eat for dinner. Honestly, both of these things are true. The dinners I thought he didn't mind because I'm the one that typically keeps track of what we've already gotten in terms of shopping and other food, etc. Also, I'm trying to recover from an eating disorder and he knows this. Nobody else in my life knows. But honestly, I do see his side and I know I can be selfish. My family, my mother and my sisters, think I should dump him because I told them he didn't want to get married. They also think he is not patient or supportive of me enough in general. For example, they also don't like that he's not supportive of me when buying a condo. And I agree, he is not a patient person and this is something I dislike about him. I am an indecisive person and he gets annoyed. For example, if we're at the supermarket, I take a long time to decide what dessert to get for an event. He feels like these things do not matter in the long run. Again, I think he has a point, but I also think he could be more patient. One time we were staying with my family and I was going to exercise with my sisters and he said, so what am I going to do? He sounded rather annoyed too when he asked this. This is also why my mom doesn't like him. And we were going to go kayaking and I was putting on my sunblock and he just left me, but he ended up picking me back up later, but he left me in the first place. So strangers of the internet, what do you think? Can we make this work? And should I tell him what my family thinks? I may have presented a lot of negatives here, but I do love him and genuinely feel like he gets me in a way that nobody else does. He is the only person in the world that I felt comfortable enough to talk about my eating disorder with. Our families are very religious and we both are not really that religious. We are both doing PhD studies right now and because of this, we relate to each other really well. Overall, I'm not sure what to do and could really use some advice. I don't think you should give up on a good thing. I think obviously in any religion, relationship, there's going to be pros and cons to both people. But just from what's being described, like the cons are not that bad. Okay, so he's impatient. Big deal. Maybe he feels a little left out in the decision-making process, but I mean, overall, it sounds like he's not a bad guy. He just needs to be a little bit more patient. And fun thing about that is you can kind of work on that. It would be way different if he was manipulative or abusive or angry or would yell or would have some kind of drinking problem. I feel like you have a good catch. You obviously get each other, you love each other, and you trust him enough to share the most personal parts of you. So I say go for it. Stick it out and see if you can make this work. And who knows, he very well could come around and decide that marriage would be the right thing to do. You just got to work with him. So in my opinion,
and don't give up. This could very well work out to be something that's a lot better than what you think. My boyfriend ruined my birthday party, and now I don't know if I should break up with him or not. My boyfriend and I have only been dating for about four months. He's a great guy, super loving, and super caring with me. Along the course of our relationship, I've noticed a few red flags, but not big enough to break up with him over. I do feel like I hit the final straw this past weekend when he ruined me and my friend's birthday party. My friend and I decided to throw a celebration collaboration birthday party since our birthdays are two days apart. My boyfriend has a bit of a drinking problem. He doesn't really know how to control himself and acts incredibly aggressive and violent when he does get a little wasted. At the party, my boyfriend and my friend somehow got into a fight and my friend's family stepped in and pulled them apart. My boyfriend made an entire scene and I was crying because I didn't understand why they were fighting on such a special occasion. They kicked my boyfriend out of the party and I had to leave my own party to take care of him. I was extremely embarrassed and disappointed in his behavior. He did apologize to me and to my friend the following day, but I can't seem to get it out of my mind with how he acted. He made me feel very unsafe and uncared for, and now I don't know what to do. This isn't the first time he's picked a fight with someone while he's intoxicated, and I don't think it's okay. What should I do? This is a very telling sign of what's to come if his drinking problem doesn't get under control. In my opinion, I don't think it's good to just let this slide and to allow this kind of behavior to just happen. Like, this could have been bad. Something violent could have happened. Somebody could have gotten hurt. Someone could have gone to jail. This is really scary. And the fact that this has already come up four months into a relationship is a pretty telling sign that this relationship might not be the best thing for her. Like, if you look at the big picture, it's really hard to see a long-term successful relationship with someone who has a serious drinking problem. I think this lady deserves so much better than this, and I think she's going to find someone who cares for her and has a lot more control and will not get wasted like this guy. My depressed boyfriend is not treating me nice, and I don't know what to do about it. My boyfriend of three years is currently going through a depressive episode. This happens every spring and summer. The past month, he has gradually become more closed in, angry, antisocial, and less affectionate. He doesn't want to do anything but stare at his phone all day. This has happened a few times before, and it has previously lasted for one to two weeks. This time, however, it's gradually gotten worse, and it has lasted about a month now. I absolutely do not blame him for feeling this way, and my biggest issue with all of this is that, of course, I hate seeing him in this pain. However, when he is experiencing these episodes where he is very depressed, I feel like he is not treating me very nice. I can understand that to an extent, maybe he just doesn't have any energy left over to be the perfect boyfriend when he's depressed. However, he barely notices my existence anymore. He doesn't touch me at all and seems repulsed by me. He doesn't initiate any conversations and he just answers me with short answers while looking at his phone. Half the time, he just ignores me. I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's because he's distracted by the phone. The only things he takes initiative to say are negative things about me, like that I haven't done the dishes right after I just finished cleaning the whole house while he was browsing social media or something, or calling me clingy and annoying when I try to cuddle with him or give him a hug once in a while. Sometimes he becomes himself again, maybe once a week, and he is a sweet and warm boyfriend, and it's the guy that I fell in love with just coming back to me. But a few hours later, he will go back to ignoring me again. I go around constantly worrying about him and feeling sad and hurt because he doesn't seem to take any interest in me anymore. I guess my question is, how do I handle this situation? How can I make him feel better? I have asked him and he either just laughs in my face, denies the whole thing, or says there's nothing I can do. Can I expect him to give me a little bit more attention? Like him starting a conversation with me or giving me a hug or a small compliment? Literally anything. Or should I just accept the situation and wait it out? I really love him and we overall have an amazing, healthy relationship 
outside of these small periods that occur every one to two years. What do I do? This is a tricky one because mental health can affect pretty much everybody involved. So I totally understand where this lady's coming from where she doesn't know how to help her boyfriend. Your best bet might be to just talk to him when he's not feeling so depressed. Maybe he'll be a new person and he might understand where you're coming from. It sounds like you really care for him and you're really there for him. And from the sounds of it, he also really cares for you as well. I think just being patient and trying to do everything you can to show love and support will really go a long way. An entitled Karen demands her university certificate for a career that she never finished. This Karen is one of my great aunts. We'll call her Sarah. About 15 to 20 years ago, Sarah was living alone in Canada. She was already divorced from her husband and decided that she wanted to study a postgraduate course. One of the requirements for this course was, of course, her university certificate. She studied at a university in her country of origin, which is also my family's country of origin, but she claimed that she never did the paperwork to obtain it. She called the university and explained the situation, to which they responded that the process had to be done physically by her or another person. Since Sarah was living in another country, she thought about my mom as she lived near the university, and she called her and asked her as nicely as possible if she could do this favor for her. My mom, who at the time adored Sarah and was excited that she wanted to continue her studies, accepted this and said that she would help. The next weekend rolls around, and my mom went to the university and asked for the information. They told her where she should start the process, and when she arrives, a nice woman attended for her. She asked for Sarah's personal information and searches the database, but with no result. My mother thinks this is weird and that it could be a mistake. Sarah did have three different names, so they tried every different possibility and still no result. The nice woman then told her that maybe they could check the physical archive that's under the university, and my mother gladly accepted. We're talking about a building with several floors and tons of files, since this is where pretty much everything gets stored. They spent hours trying to find them, but still with no results. The nice lady that was helping my mom then explains that maybe there were some mistakes on Sarah's papers. It would be extremely rare, but possible. But if Sarah sends all the information that would prove she indeed graduated, a new certificate could be done. My mom thanked this lady for helping her and then calls Sarah. By this point, my mom's patience had whittled down to nothing, and she was very upset with Sarah for making her go on this wild goose chase just to get her certificate. So she called her up and said, it looks like they couldn't find it, and then just hung up, which I don't blame her, to be honest. Months later, my mother went to visit Sarah's sister, and that's when the story completely comes out. Sarah's sister looked at my mom and says, what do you mean? She never finished college. Absolutely crazy story. This Karen decided to try and pull a fast one and manipulate pretty much everyone around her to look for something that was never even there. I think because it had been so many years, she probably thought that, hey, maybe they can just kind of get some kind of certificate for me, and I won't actually have to go to school and finish things up. I mean, how ridiculous. If I was the mom in that situation, I also probably would have been very upset with this aunt, and I would have had some very choice words for them. Seems like a really weird manipulation tactic and completely uncalled for. So next time you go looking for something that is somebody else's, make sure that they actually did it, otherwise you'll be searching for nothing. Should I be concerned that my significant other has not shown any signs of grieving after we lost our child? My significant other and I have been dating off and on for about four years. As of last year, we made the decision to commit fully and grow together as a family. We're talking marriage, kids, the works. I found out in March that I was pregnant after about five months of trying and got more excited than I've ever been in my entire life. I was always team no kids, but after the recent loss of my mother about a year ago, my world flipped completely upside down and I've since changed my mind. As of four days ago at my ultrasound appointment, I was told my baby was not growing properly and my body was likely rejecting the pregnancy. I declined some serious medical options and decided to let it happen naturally. The day we found out, I cried for hours on end. I called out sick for two days from 
work in addition to the weekend. I've been depressed most of the weekend, lying in bed and crying. My significant other has been really helpful, but they haven't cried once. It's not that he doesn't cry or show emotions. I've seen him cry over the recent death of his dog, and I've watched him as he quit his job over it as well. He spent days depressed after that happened, but now I'm losing our unborn child and he's showing no emotion. I don't know if it's because he doesn't feel as connected to the baby as I did, or if he's still processing the loss of his pet, which happened just two weeks ago. But I'm worried about his lack of communication around any feelings about this. It just feels so strange that I'm still mourning and he's already gone back to playing video games like nothing happened. I'm not sure how to bring it up or even how to ask. Am I just overthinking? I don't want to make excuses for him either. And I'm wondering if men are just less attached at the beginning of a pregnancy since they're not the ones carrying the child. How do I approach this situation? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Honestly, grief does not follow a specific pattern. Him not crying at the beginning of this or him not showing any kind of outward emotions about it doesn't necessarily mean that he's not mourning. Sometimes people take some time to really connect and understand what's happening. People can grieve things that are happening in their own ways. And it very well could be the case that while on the outside he's stoic and he's not really showing any kind of emotion one way or the other, but on the inside he might be just destroyed and absolutely distraught. It's hard to tell. I think overall some healthy communication could really probably clear all of this up and I think it might be for the best so you don't feel like there's some kind of one-sided grieving going on here. Either way, I'm so sorry for your loss and I hope things get better for you. Today, I messed up by falling for an incredibly obvious scam. This is basically a warning for everyone out there. Today, I decided to check my email and saw that I apparently had an order renewed for an antivirus service that would cost me dearly. So I called the number on it to try and figure out what was going on. Through a complicated series of events that involved them managing to remotely control my computer, they somehow dumped $1,000 in my bank account and convinced me to get a gift card to put some of the money on it and give it to them. I am now at roughly $100 in my account thanks to these scammers. There were so many red flags throughout this entire thing and I miss all of them because they managed to put me in a panic. They acted friendly and cordial like they wanted to help me, but they didn't. They told me I couldn't contact my bank because they'd seize my account. They convinced me not to tell anyone. They made me feel scared and distraught all because I fell for an email that had a typo in the address they provided, which I only noticed when I took a closer look. That was what led me to discover this whole scam. The fact that they needed to use something called TeamViewer on my computer should have been a massive red flag, as well as them acting like I didn't know how to use a computer and guiding me through it step by step. I feel like such an idiot for the whole thing. Now I gotta wait at least two weeks before I can get my next paycheck deposited. To everyone else reading this, please, if you see an email that says you've got some kind of renewal on an antivirus product, check it thoroughly. From 
what snooping around I could do through my bank and the actual antivirus company. These types of scams are very common, more than you would think. So you have to be careful. That's a tragic story because I've seen that quite a bit from people where they try and get some kind of solution for their antivirus software and then they realize that this is not antivirus software that they ordered and then it's too late because they've already given up all this money. Here's the thing. If any company says, hey, you have to pay us in gift cards, it is a 100% scam. No legitimate company would have you pay them anything in gift cards. That's a scam. 100% you can just know right off the bat. And it is absolutely disgusting that these scammers will use these panic tactics just to try and get under your skin and prevent you from doing anything for yourself. Like they try and make it look like the whole world is ending and you better do this right now or nothing's going to fix it. It's disgusting tactics and they should be ashamed of themselves. If I was in this person's shoes and I had just fallen for a scam and I had somehow sent hundreds of dollars to these scammers through the form of gift cards, I would immediately go to my bank and dispute all of those claims. He might be eligible for a full reimbursement. Like you never know. It's better to say something and say, hey, I fell for an obvious scam and to at least try than to not do anything and then you're stuck with all this money you've lost. So the moral of this story is you better be careful with what emails you check because you never know what kind of scammers waiting around the corner to try and take your money one gift card at a time. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.